Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Amanda Loudon today. Hello, Amanda. Hello. Long time no talk, huh? I know. It has been far too long. Agree. Agree. We need to catch up. I know. I know. So what have you been working on with articles? (laughs) Well, Sarah, (laughs) um, I have a new... vocation, no, avocation. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I'm turning it into an article. So my oh. friend and I started in a pickleball league last week. Oh my and gosh. Yes. So I'm writing an article about how pickleball is not just for seniors. Oh, so. my. oh my gosh. Can I tell you that like, this is like another mother pickleball player show because we talked about pickleball on an episode within the past few weeks and it's because they offer it at Rancho La Puerta, where we had our uh, retreat oh, sure. in February. And I was really excited to try it, but then so bummed because they didn't do it because we had rain. Oh, that's too bad. Yes. Yeah. So is yeah. pickleball big there in the kind of greater Baltimore area? Um, well, I've learned, um, as you'd expect, it's actually biggest in places like Florida and California and Arizona, places where snowbirds flock. Oh. Um, however, um, it is the fastest growing sport in the country right now. Um, <laughs> it only has up to go. <laughs> I, I know, I know. And so my one friend suggested that we join and they have three different levels um, in these leagues. You can be beginner, intermediate or advanced. And she was just making the assumption that because, oh, we're younger and fitter, we should go right into the intermediate category. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Let me tell you, I got spanked by a man in jeans last week. Okay. So <laughs> he had gray hair and jeans and he handily. So, <laughs> so it was a humbling experience. Very much so. Okay. Uh, so it so, just has nothing to do with it. Give people the tiniest of um, primers on pickleball. Give us a primer ball. Sure. So you <laughs> pickleball play primer. on a tennis court, um, mm-hmm. but the court is smaller. They have markings and they have a little net. The, the net is lower. Mm-hmm. You're using a paddle and a wiffle ball. A oh. Point. Yeah. So it's kind of like ping pong, like like real life, real sized ping pong in a way. Um, I guess only I can think to describe it. And you just, the people, the, the trick is everyone gets like right up close to the net. Um, and it's really, it's a lot of hand eye and reaction oh. time. And I, I have very, very slow reaction time. So mm-hmm. I have a hard time being close to the net. Like I like to step back a little bit more and use my mm-hmm. fitness, to, you know, but it just doesn't work out for me. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and who are you writing the article for though? Though, WAPO? Uh, N- yeah, no, um, NBC better, which is another place that I write pretty frequently. Oh. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. And I, I learned that the, the hottest player in the country is a 20 year old student at university of Maryland. So it's yeah. crazy talk. Oh my god! I, I know. I know. So it really isn't just for seniors. So. <laughs> so, all right. Well, speaking of college, that's another thing that I know is just really um, very much a part of your life right now. So yes. with your son. Yeah, still no um, decisions because we're still waiting on three more schools to come in. Um, yeah, it's just such a long process. And everyone in the month of March, I'm, I've learned, like, you'll, you'll learn when you are a parent of a senior, Everywhere you go, every single person will ask you where your child is going to school next year, and you may not have an answer yet. <laughs> so. <laughs> so so, how many schools total did Adam apply to, and how many so far has he gotten into? Right. So I think he applied to 10 or 11 all told, mm-hmm. and he's 
he's gotten into every single one so far. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. He's done. I mean, he's really done well. Um, but, um, and then he has three more um, to hear from because those were, they had no early application process. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, we're just waiting on those. Those are, I mean, I, a couple of those are probably, you know, his, his highest um, level ones. So we'll see what happens with those. Um, I mean, I, I think he's got to be due for a no at some point. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> His mother got taken down on the pickleball court. You know, he needs to be bumped down a, a peg or two, maybe. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, so, and does he have just one kind of dream school that he really wants to get into? Or does he have several that he's going to be just happy and fine? Yeah, I, I, would, I think you can say he probably got four to five where he would be oh. really satisfied. I mean, he's been doing, so they have these accepted students days and he's been going to a couple of mm -hmm. those and from that, that right now, I would say University of Richmond is at the top of his heap because mm -hmm. um, he absolutely loved his, his experience at Accept the Students Day there. So, so we'll see. We'll see. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so we have just finally, uh, we're starting to wade into the shallow end of the college admissions pool that Phoebe, my 17-year-old daughter who's a junior, just was showing zero interest in college. Like, And, and no matter who asked her, her grandmother, my best friend who had just returned from some college campus tours with her daughter, who's the same grade as Phoebe, just in their, nope, I don't know, don't know, mm, don't, don't know. And so um, I took her to see a college counselor because I haven't mentioned that Phoebe has been going to online school this year. Oh, that, okay. That she was there. I'll try to make this brief. That her, the our neighborhood high school, which is less than a three quarter mile walk away, has was closed last year and is closed again this year for complete retro earthquake retrofitting and or seismic retrofitting and. Um, renovations. And so she was commuting 75 minutes to get to school via public transportation. And she suffers oh, from my goodness. Yes, she suffers from chronic migraines. And it was just, just wreaking havoc with her head. Oh, um, so so she opted to do online school, which is part of um, Portland public. And so, um, but she did just um, a couple of weeks ago make the decision that she's going to go back to the school once it opens in the fall, um, which I'm pleased about. And so anyway, so she's not, you know, in a typical school setting and she doesn't have, you know, she's not surrounded by that conversation. She's not yeah. meeting with guidance yeah. counselors, that whole thing. Yeah. So anyway, so made an appointment to take her to see a college counselor and boy, it finally, it's not a big flame, but it lit one under her feet. Okay, good, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm very pleased. So uh, she and I are going to look, we're going to San Francisco, twist my arm. Uh, we're going to go <laughs> look at the University of San Francisco in a few weeks. Uh, we are going to University of Oregon in, I guess, May, because they go through June. So it'll still be very much during the academic school year. Um, I think we're going to look at some school, um, schools up in Washington state. Um, yeah, maybe. So, maybe. so you're going to stay pretty much, you think she'll stay West coast. She, she definitely like. wants to stay West coast. Yeah. 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 So, and it's funny cause she used to always talk big about going East. So I can't wait to get far away from here. And right. now, now that's not the case. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So, but I'm, I'm just really excited and I think I'm going to have, um, I'm looking forward to going away and looking at some schools with her. So yeah, it's, yeah. It, that is, it's so much fun. I mean, it's, it's fun to return to the schools and just kind of check out the atmosphere these days, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's also, it's such nice time. Like Adam and I did it just the two of us a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's just such nice bonding time together. Oh yeah. 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 You know, I mean, how often do you just go away on a, a, you know, night or two night getaway with just one of your kids? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really fun. Yeah. yeah. So enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, so the funny story that I have, I thought of you this weekend, uh, because, um, folks, we might not mention on the podcast that you are not going to be at our upcoming Eau Claire, Wisconsin retreat the first weekend in May, because that is Adam's prom weekend. Right. And it turns out that it is now also Phoebe's prom oh, weekend. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> so I was, uh, I was in Denver for some business meeting with the, um, some of the team AMR and I got an email from the online school and it said they were going to have a prom in person. Um, someone joked that they should have it online. And, uh, right. and so, but it is from six to 9 PM. <laughs> and, uh, it, oh. is in, it is down in Salem, Oregon, which is our, um, state capital. It is, um, a much smaller, quieter town than Portland is, um, a whole lot less weird than Portland is. And I say weird with love in my heart. Um, and so she, and she, her, one of her best friends from middle school who, um, did not go to the same high school as Phoebe, that girl's name is Emily. Emily just also started attending the online school. And so Emily's mother, love her to death. She is much more involved <laughs> in Emily's online education. So the mom is taking Phoebe and Emily down to uh, Salem for an overnight to go to the prom. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. And so it's, uh, so I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's really going. And cause she doesn't know anybody else other than Emily. And I mean, these right. are kids from right. quite a bit around, it's weird. It counts as Portland public, but it's any kid in Oregon can do it. And so, um, so, you know, it could be kids from the coast, from down South, from way out East. And, and, um, wow. yeah, so she, she and Emily are going to go to it and they, I mean, they're going to it a bit as a, a of a gag, but, um, I, but I will miss it. I will be in Eau Claire as well. So. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you may next year you might be like Ian sitting it out because if it happens again. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, no. She and one of the reasons that Phoebe mentioned wanting to go back to Grant, our neighborhood school, is because she wants kind of some more of the social element. So I'm feeling sure. like, well, if she's going to the online prom, maybe she will go to the in person prom next year. Right. Um, right. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And she, yeah. she went to her favorite um, thrift store, um, cons yeah, thrift store is not a consignment store to look for prom dresses. She said there wasn't a single prom dress. She says there were several wedding dresses, but no prom oh, dresses. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess in a pinch, maybe she could buy one and dye it or something. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and, you know, like all kinds of, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, pretty and pink, you know, images come back to mind oh, yeah. when, when, you know, when you think like buying it from the thrift store and altering it. And, and, yeah. and Phoebe does have auburn hair like Molly Ringwald. So, uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> if only she had a friend named Ducky, we'd be all set. Right, right. <laughs> or, or she was friends with Andrew McCarthy. So, uh, yes. <laughs> ha, yes. ha, ha. Both our voices caught a little when we said that one. I think so. <laughs> 
this again. <laughs> there we are with that same. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Although I'm more of a, um, I'm not a fan of Pretty Pink. My my John Hughes movie that I'll love till I die is Sixteen Candles. I, I oh, love that. Oh my too. gosh. I love them all. And I know now everyone's looking at mm-hmm. them, looking back at them with a different yep. lens yep. and you know, blah, blah, blah. But I don't care. I love mm-hmm. them. And I still, I always love yeah, them. Yeah. I think, I mean, they're really a product of their time. And, and I mean, yes. it, it's, you know, a lot of the conversations about um, the Me Too movement are, you know, can we judge things back then, whatever era it was yes. through the same lens that we have today. So um, open yeah. for interpretation, but I am team Jake Ryan till my dying breath the actor who who played him uh now is a carpenter in pennsylvania so i think some mother runner needs really? to get some carpentry work done at her house take some photos yes. post them to us <laughs> that's a little known fact wow mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. Yep, to know yep, what Jake yep, is. yep yep yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> all right well um speaking of past Passions. Uh, <laughs> boom cha. A uh, little different passion, but um, w- today's show, we're going to be talking to three mother runners who turn their passion for running and fitness into their job or at least their side hustle. Um, so, because my father always told me as I was growing up and um, even after I graduated college, let your avocation be your vocation. And uh, Okay, mm. and it took me a while to realize what he meant. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sometimes I'd get it mixed up. And so, um, yeah, so, you know, avocation is something you love and become your job. And so you and I both did that very thing, you know. Um, yes. You as a freelance yes. writer writing about pickleball. I mean, uh, you as a freelance writer. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and as a running coach for you. And then... Um, you know, me first as a magazine writer and now with AMR. So, so I think yeah. we will add a little of our personal experience to this conversation. So when we get back from this brief break, we'll talk with those three mother runners. Stay with us. Our first guest is Eleni Drake, a mom of two in Indianapolis who has run a double digit number of marathons. Eleni has a nine to five ish job unrelated to running and, but she and her husband also launched Mile Markings, an online company that sells running-related and inspirational temporary tattoos. Welcome to the show, Eleni. So happy to be here, Sarah. Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have uh, done business over the years, so I was uh, happy when I suddenly realized, wait, she'd be perfect for the show. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so you have two sons. Uh, Tell us about those and also um, that your family runs 5Ks together with, quote, varying degrees of whining. That's right. We've got two boys, 11 and nine. Um, Wes, this, we're, Wes and Evan, we're in, you know, the Axe body spray, weird smells <laughs> version of life. Um, but so we try to do, we started with Thanksgiving 5Ks. Both my husband and I run um, and we really wanted to get the kids involved. And I think Thanksgiving is the perfect time to come out and, you know, try to trudge through some snowy, snowy roads. Mm-hmm. Um, and the younger one definitely has a little bit more of the whining to him. Um, the older one has actually done his own half marathon and raised money um, for a charity in 2017. So he's pretty proud of that. Wow. He likes to run with me. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about your own running journey. Um, I, I think you've run quite a few marathons. Uh, so, so tell us a little bit about that. Sure. 
Um, so there is a giant half marathon in Indianapolis called the Mini, um, where you run around the track for the way from the Indianapolis 500. Um, and pretty right. much everybody in town does it at some point in their life. And so it's kind of like the ongoing question of, have you done the mini? Are you going to do the mini? Um, and so right after college, I finally said, all right, let's see if I can, if I can do this <laughs> and, um, and trained for it and did it once. And I thought that was the end um, <laughs> And then, because it kind of every, every May, everyone starts talking about, you know, who is going to do the mini and you know, a lot of people that do it. So I, it would do it and train and then I would take, you know, a good eight months off <laughs> and then think about it for the next year. Um, and then at some point I finally decided like, I'm going to start doing this for real. Um, my sister and I did the Disney marathon. That was my first marathon. And I told no one I did. I trained <laughs> and didn't tell anybody. So, um, cause I kind of thought in my head, I'm not sure if I can do this. Um, and I remember I ran probably a couple of marathons and someone asked me, Oh, so you're a runner. Um, and I just never even thought of myself as a runner. I was kind of a person who trained for a race and then stopped. And all of a sudden I kind of held my head up and said, yeah, I'm a runner. Um, nice. I, do I do this. So um, it seems like I have just picked it up and kept going and pick a race and train. And, um, and now I, I'm official. I'm a runner. Very nice. Very nice. So, and how many marathons have you run, did you say? A total of 10. I am training for another one um, for at, in the end of April, the Illinois Marathon. It'll be my 11th. Um, 10 felt like a good number to stop, and I took a whole year off last year from, from racing. Um, and and you know, I still ran, of course, but I didn't race anything. And then this year, I kind of, it, it, you know, it gets cold in the winter. If you don't have something to train for, it's it's hard to get up every morning and do it. So, um, that's why I kind of picked out another another race and signed up. Nice. Okay. So it's, nice. That, it's that crazy feeling, you know, you know what it is. If you you, you say you're never going to do it again, and you do it again. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I oftentimes debate like what is a nice number for stopping and uh, thinking that I forget which. Oh, I guess I was running Boston, and that was number thirteen for me. And I'm like, well, that's that's a good number, like it's a unique number, you know, like that's it. I'm going to stop at thirteen, and then. Nope, went up to 14. So um, I, I don't know what the, the final number will be. But uh, so, um, so as I said, we adore Mile Markings Temporary Tattoos. You've done loads of custom ones for AMR over the years, including Badass Mother Runner ones. And some you did, speaking of Boston, you did just amazing custom ones for me when I ran it in 2016. So tell folks about the company, including how the idea came to you and, and what's your aim with it. Sure. So uh... I had always kind of had an idea of, you know, having some sort of side hustle. Um, my, my day job is not that creative. And so I have a lot of, you know, creative juices flowing in my mind mm -hmm. that I have to kind of let out in, in different okay. ways. So um, I had actually had an idea about making some sort of like scavenger hunt. Um, like I'm thinking like an arm sleeve, you know, um, where, you know, the things that you see during a race, pretty much every race, you know, you see somebody um, that's a firefighter in full gear or you see somebody that's, um, you know, half your age at, that speeds by you. And so my idea started with like the scavenger hunt, kind of like a checklist for your first race. Um, and then I, That's so fun. yeah, yeah. And then I, I just started thinking about it and we were talking about it, my husband and I, about how, you know, it takes us a lot to go out and run, <laughs> you know, we need the motivation. We, we need um, something to kind of get us going and having that mantra in your head. Um, and then all of a sudden we thought it would be great to have something on your body that you could kind of look at and think about and while you're running um and our kind of our signature item is this um a, a 
a list of names or a list of words or ideas or something like that, one for each mile, thinking that you can focus on that person or that idea for that mile to get you through to the next one. I mean, it's an, it, it has a nice visual because you kind of have, you know, you tick off the miles and then all of a sudden you're at the end and you've thought through it and you've had motivation and people that are behind you that have, that have helped you through training that get you through that race. Mm -hmm. um, so it would be a perfect way to kind of honor the people that get you to the finish line. Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And it's also because I know that when you're just kind of like sitting around before your race, you know, in the weeks before you're like, Oh, I'm going to think of this, this person, this person, this person for mile one, two, three, so on. And then you get in the race and you're like, yeah. Uh, who was I going to think about now? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's like before you go into the, to a, you know, I don't know, a CD store, I'll date myself by saying that. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to get this one, this one, this one. And then you get in there and like, uh-huh. Yeah. Which band was I going to look for? <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you ever try to, to do math in your head with pacing when you're on, when you're oh, running? Oh, yeah, man. forget yeah. it. <laughs> I, I, I totally. thought I'm pretty smart, but when I run, I cannot think of anything. So having mm -hmm. it on your arm is perfect. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So I'm guessing that you've had some um, pretty fun customers, um, you know, that, that have, um, worn some of the tattoos. Can you, can you share any anecdotes uh, about any of these customers and, and how those customer experiences make you feel? Sure. So we've, I mean, running is so personal, like what makes you get out the door is different for every single person. And you can kind of go through different phases where I need to have, you know, a great Bible verse or really inspirational message. And then sometimes I need something that says, get up and get out and keep moving, you idiot, you know? <laughs> um, so we've definitely done the range. You know, we have a lot of, um, you know, some people that use some, you know, potty words on their tattoos, which is totally fine. <laughs> we also do a lot of like, you know, musical quotes, you know, Greatest mm -hmm. Showman had a lot of quotes that people that really spoke oh, funny. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah, and it's and what's really funny is when we get a couple of orders around the same time that actually have the same quote, we're like, how is this? What's going on here? You know, from different states. Interesting. And, and then it's nice because you can post them and, and people get those ideas and then, then they order the same one. Um, we also have had people honor different, you know, um, we had somebody, I think they ran the Marine Corps Marathon and they had a list of families that had donated money and then they wanted a special symbol next to people who represented a fallen soldier. Mm. Um, so it's really touching stories. And um, it's really nice to be kind of be able to cheer them on from our little house in Indiana. Um, and we cheer them on all across the, all across the States and, and think about them during their race and comment and are excited to see when they, when they've had a great run. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So you don't draw, you said, uh, potty language when you, before you even said that, I'm like, Oh, I wonder if she draws the line on certain language. Like, are they? <laughs> nope. nope. No. I decided, I decided not to get into that kind of business of, uh, you know, the moral authority. <laughs> that's, that's not for us. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. the weirdest ones are where, you know, it's like a, a phrase that doesn't make any sense. And you're like, uh -huh. what does this mean? Like, why does, what does waffle, you know, it, it, just like a random word and that, that meant something to somebody. Um, yep. don't get to know what, what it means, you know, <laughs> then we just kind of speculate. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, does this running related side gig fulfill you in ways that your regular job doesn't, you know, I just, I love the running community. Like I love being a part of it. I love, um, 
just the way we support each other. It's, it's exactly the same way that the Bammers, the Bammer mm -hmm. community is, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's, that's kind of the difference, you know, when we, we do, you know, we do our job and we come home and, um, and these are the people that you kind of connect with and you have this, um, I don't know, this, you know, this common goal and this common um, thing that you really want to strive for. And I just think that that's mm -hmm. kind of amazing. It's also nice to have something different to do with your family, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, we do a lot of vacations around races. Mm. Um, so, um, it's kind of, it's fun to do. The boys get into it. They kind of, they want to design their own tattoos for you know, their soccer teams and their swim meets and, and that kind of stuff. So um, I think it's just a fun thing to do as a family as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So touch a little bit on, you know, the whole path from conception to an actual online business. Um, how, how do you, what, what should someone know about taking that on? Oh, Okay. Um, so well, I am definitely more of the, you know, the doer and the talker and the energetic one. My husband is, everyone thinks he's the quietest guy and, you know, he's very calm and we're very yin and yang. Um, but I came home with this idea and I was working nights at the time and went to sleep, you know, for the day. And when I woke up, he's like, okay, I registered our business. I picked out a website name. I, <laughs> and all of a sudden he had made all these decisions and kind of Put, you know, the pedal to the metal. So it was kind of crazy. Um, so I blame him. It kind of went a lot faster than I anticipated it, which, which was fun. And it was, it was funny because that's just not his personality. Um, I would say that you have to really think about the kind of experience that you want your customers to have. Um, we, we really thought about like, what do we hate when we order something online? You know, like mm -hmm. we wanted it to be free shipping because it just, I like when you know the price and you just, are able just to have it be free shipping and not have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. um, we wanted people to be able to have, um, to know if they sent an email, they're going to get an email back from a real person. That's, you know, one of the two of us, it's not like we have employees or anything uh -huh. um, and to get like good customer service. And then if something goes wrong, how are you going to kind of correct that? Um, you know, we, we've, uh, when we have, we have a lot of local um, customers, and we've driven to their house to deliver something mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. somehow got lost in the mail, you know? Um, and yeah, so, wow. so to think about those kinds of things, because, you know, that, that's the kind of, that's the kind of reason your business is going to be successful. So if you think about it from the customer point of view, what are you providing them that is not out there yet? Um, and I think that just having, just having a good idea. So sometimes it isn't always, you know, it's not, that's not the only thing you need. You need, you need some time. It does take some time. Um, and it takes, some maintenance to it, um, you know, having, having something to post on social media and making sure you kind of mm -hmm. grow your, your crowd. It's, it's hard. And if you don't put the time into it, then it's not going to, it's not going to work out for you. So just to think about the time commitment before you mm -hmm. go, go crazy or just let your husband go crazy. Um, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> um, hearing you talk about those, I'm just nodding along Eleni because um, a mother runner that I'm now uh, good pals with here in Portland and she models a lot for our store that my first interaction was dropping off. She had ordered a sweaty band from the store and, and I'm like, Oh, well she just lives like, you know, a mile from here. I run past her house all the time. So I dropped, dropped it off in her in the mail slot in her door. And, um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you daydream about mile markings becoming your full-time job at some point? Ooh, maybe. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, now that you mention it, Amanda. <laughs> How many sales we get? Um, you know, Scott and I both have, you know, really great jobs. We actually really like our jobs. Um, uh-huh. And so that is, we've, we've talked about it. It's kind of like, what would happen? What would be the, you know, how would we do this full time? And we, I think that to do it full time, we'd also have to start to travel a lot with, the, mm. you know, and actually go to, you know, be a set up stand during race expos and that kind of stuff, which I think is a kind of the next step. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of, you know, a, a different kind of life than we have right now. So mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I think that especially as the boy, as the boys get older, I think that that's an, an idea and an option and, and definitely a dream. Um, but we're, you know, generally realistic about things. And right now it's just really fun to have um, this way to connect with the running community and to kind of provide something that we think that is a good product and something that people want and like to use. Yeah. Yeah. I do have to say it is a particularly good product. I mean, when you first sent them to me, I thought, Oh, I bet it'll just come off. Cause you know, like sometimes you put on ones like your kids get them from a party or whatever, like a birthday party when they're little. I'm not, uh, I may sound like we're putting like acid trip um, tattoos on our hands (laughs) or something, but um, the, uh, um, you know, that, and when I put yours on for the first time, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is totally going to stay on. I remember I wore it on a training run because I wanted to see if it would stay in place for an entire marathon. And oh my gosh, like I have photos taken after the marathon and it looks as good as when I put them on. So mm, yeah, thanks. Nice. We, did, we definitely do some testing and we wanted to make sure like early, early prototypes were not that good. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> we definitely did some testing and, and I mean, thinking about rain and um, mm-hmm. you know, hot weather and cold weather and all those mm-hmm. kinds of things. We definitely want to make sure that you, cause that would be the, I mean, that would be the worst if you had, you know, you had this list of people that kind of sweat off during, you know, well, before you hit the wall, you can't read the mile 20 anymore. So. Right. Right. Who was I supposed yeah. to think about at mile 21? <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, good luck with, um, everything with your Illinois marathon with continued success for mile markings. And thanks for joining us, Eleni. Thank you so much. Great to talk to you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Our next enterprising mother runner is Cynthia Vissers, a mom of three boys who lives close to Amanda in Maryland. Um, All right. Go Maryland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of our BAM ambassadors, Cynthia's claim to AMR fame is also that she ran the 2012 Zuma Women's Half Marathon with Dimity in Annapolis the day after meeting Dimity. Um, Cynthia channels her love of running into a job at a Maryland-based running specialty store called Charm City Run. Welcome to the show, Cynthia. It was high time you were on. Thank you. I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah. So am I. So, um, uh, remind us the ages of your sons. 14, 12, and 8. Nice, nice. And so, um, uh, and you have an interesting story of sorts of how you became a mom. Would you be willing to share that? Oh, absolutely. So, um, first my husband and I did try to get pregnant, but then cancer kind of derailed our plans for a little while. And he was also deployed when we found out that I had thyroid cancer. So he came home early from his deployment. This is kind of a long story. Do I have time for all this? Oh, let's let's give give us the ninety second version, or the two <laughs> okay, minute version, sorry. if you could. Yeah, so, and start. Go. <laughs> okay. So um, our first two boys we actually adopted from Korea at different times. They were five months and seventeen months old when they came home, and then our third son was a homegrown baby. 
<laughs> and uh, and and that you found out you're pregnant with him um, before working the cancer merge the cancers in the getting pregnant stories. Okay. Because okay. they kind of mingle. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, I we found out that I had cancer first before we chose to adopt, and mm-hmm. then we chose adoption because it was easier to adopt than it was to try to get pregnant in between my treatments and my husband's deployments because being mm-hmm. military, he was gone. And mm-hmm. then we felt like, okay, our family is complete. Everything is fine. And I actually found out that I had cervical cancer, so that was my second cancer. And then um, God kind of laughed at us and said, ha ha, you're not having a hysterectomy. You're going to have another baby. Right. That's, that's what it was. You were like, no, no, yeah. no. I've got another use for this uterus. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be occupied. Yeah. 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 So that was, that was a really fun call to my oncologist. That was great. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, oh, so goodness. tell us a little bit about your um, running background and, and, you know, kind of, how, how you started running and, um, maybe, you know, if, if your journey with cancer fits into that kind of share that too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been running really since middle school. I've always loved track ever since I was a little girl and saw the Olympics and all the fast Olympians and everything. And, um, I just thought that they were awesome and hurdles was my true love. And I was a hurdler Mm -hmm. in middle school and high school and also in college. I went to Virginia Tech and Winthrop University. Wow. And I I had to stop running because I got shin splints so bad and I started getting stress fractures and I wanted to be Mm -hmm. able to run or actually walk when I was 35. Mm -hmm. So I stopped running. And then when my husband was deployed, I needed a project. So I took up running again and I had little boys and one of my really good friends Roberta helped coach me to my first 5k and then after that I just fell in love with it and never stopped nice nice yeah Yeah, and then oh and then the cancer piece as well so as I kind of went through my cancer journey later on um, it was a really great stress relief and especially with the cervical cancer and it was a great stress relief as being a mom but then with the cancer, it was a great break from just everyday life and being able to go out on the road and be by myself and not have to be somebody with cancer or somebody that was going to be having surgery or somebody that had recovered from surgery. I was just a runner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now I, 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 uh, now I'm thinking that probably listeners are like, oh, well, how's she doing now? So, so tell us how you are doing now health-wise. Um, so health wise, I am pretty healthy. Uh, you look Mm -hmm. at me, you don't think that I have cancer or anything. And the cervical cancer is, I mean, for lack of a better word, cured, um, what's called no evidence of disease. And Mm -hmm. the thyroid cancer is undetectable. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, not it's undetectable on scans, but my tumor marker is elevated. So I go Mm -hmm. back every nine to 12 months and get scans and blood work. And my doctor says, yep, we're going to see you back in another nine to 12 months and watch and wait. And when it's bad enough, then we'll do something. Mm-hmm. So I've got thyroid cancer, but it's not bad enough to treat, which is kind of funny to say about cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you you look fantastic. I mean, I think you look younger now than when we met you in 2012. 
So. <laughs> well, you haven't seen me. I haven't like colored my hair recently. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going <When> gray. <laughs> okay. Well, when I see you at the retreat, I can, I'll retract yeah. the statement. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. But, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, since I've seen you at subsequent uh, Zumas, it seems like you are, you know, maybe, I don't know, sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber or something because you definitely have reversed the aging process. Yeah. That's exactly what happens when you have three yeah. boys. it's how you can get some quiet sleep and no one joins you in the bed yeah (laughs) yes exactly yeah um so tell us about um how you turned well how you ended up at charm city run how how did you turn your passion for running into a job well once all my kids once my youngest went off to kindergarten i knew that i was going to need something to fill up a little bit more of my time and so Mm -hmm. i started looking for a part-time job and since I can't get paid to sit around and eat bonbons on the sofa all day, <laughs> I decided. <laughs> is that a job? Let's launch that. Really job. Let's start that. a. Let's start that company. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Um, so I looked for part-time jobs in the area, and we had just we had only lived in Maryland for about a year or so. So I looked around. and I was like, "This is where I want to work. I want to work at this local running store because." They have a great mission and they have a good local presence and that's where I want to be because I fell in love with locally owned running stores and that's what I wanted to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I got to say, you know, I think sometimes when people think about the people who work in running stores, they think they're like, you know, division one graduates, you know, that they were like going off to state national champion, you know, like high caliber runners. And, you know, unless you were, I don't know, unless Dimity found like some extra speed, I think of you as kind of a middle of the pack runner. Is that, is that accurate? And, well, and so, well, for distance, <laughs> yes. Um, and, and high school, I was a four-time state champion, though. Oh, look wow. at you. All right. Well, then maybe, well, this question then that I formulated, I was thinking like, oh, it's so cool that they like, you know, hired a middle-of-the-pack mother runner to work at their store. Yeah. Maybe, but, you, you're I mean, just impersonating like as your, a middle-of-the-pack mother your, runner. Yeah, they don't look at your credentials when they hire you, though. Um, uh-huh. I mean, like your running credentials. And yeah, yeah. Um, like certainly me being what I did in high school over 20 years is, not important to me being able to help other people be able to fit other people for shoes. And a lot of the customers that we get are people that are middle of the pack runners. Sure. We get some people that are coming in and they're trying to qualify for Boston, but we get so many runners that are just starting out. We get so many runners that they just want to be able to finish their first marathon Mm -hmm. and they don't care what their time is. I'm like, Hey, you know what? I run every day and I don't care what my time is because I'm running Mm -hmm. for an hour. Like, I don't care how far I go. I don't care what my Mm -hmm. pace is. I'm just going Mm -hmm. out there just so I can run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and do you feel that, that they hired you in part to make people like that feel more comfortable, you know, to, they'll look in the store window maybe and be like, Hey, she looks like she could be my running buddy. Like maybe I should go in there and buy some shoes or get fitted for a bra or something. (laughs) I like to think so. (laughs) <laughs> but I think it was because I also was like, we need to have more runs. We need to have more pub runs. And I really pushed having more fun runs at the store too. That also uh-huh. involves uh-huh. beer afterwards. <laughs> but I mean, I- so, so it's such your love. So it was the fact that you are a runner and a beer drinker that got you the job. Is that, That's almost as good as being hired to eat bonbons. Don't you think? Uh, yeah, almost. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. think that's, I mean, I think it's a real service when um, stores, 
put on social events like that and, you know, make it, make it fun for everybody. But, um, so I don't suppose you really have like a typical day in the store, but, but give us an idea of what you do, um, when you're working the floor of a run specialty store. Um, so it kind of depends on what type of customer I get. If I get somebody who's brand new to running, I will kind of take them around and, teach them about the different types of things that we have. Like if it's a female, I will definitely talk to them about sports bras. Um, I always talk to everybody about socks and I'll talk to them about the apparel and, you know, it's not going to make you feel faster. Well, it'll make you feel faster. It's not going to make you run faster, but it will definitely make you feel a whole lot more comfortable. And if you're going to be committed to this and say, yeah, I'm going to go run in the rain, you might as well at least be a little bit more comfortable when you run in the rain or run in the snow or run when it's really hot have clothes that are going to help keep you cool or warm or mostly dry um and for the socks you know definitely having socks that help prevent blisters and sometimes when i just say that one little thing to people they're like what i can have a sock that helps prevent blisters that's amazing <laughs> i'm like yes yes come let me show you our sock wall um but also the biggest part is taking them through the fit process and finding a shoe that works for them and what their gait is, watching them walk, putting them up on the treadmill, doing a little video analysis if needed, um, or putting them in the shoe that they've been in and has been working with them for years. Um, and making sure that whatever it is that they are in the shoe that works for them and not the shoe that I think is right. I can tell them what I'm seeing on the outside, but it's on their foot and they have to tell give me feedback and tell me what works for them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what type of training did you go through? Um, yeah, I'm assuming you didn't just come out of the womb knowing all about running shoes. Oh, I did. Didn't she know that? <laughs> 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 no, um, we just, we get training from the other employees, the more experienced employees. And now that I've been here for almost three years, that's me. So I kind of help train the new people, which is really fun for me is just sharing my knowledge with everybody. Um, mm -hmm. But we, the first thing that you always learn is the different categories of shoes, neutral and stability and motion control and max cushion, minimal cushion. And, mm -hmm. um, and then after you kind of get that down, then you start to learn more and more about what you need to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think people are probably <laughs> thinking like, oh, I bet she gets tons of free stuff. Like, um, I, mean, I think wow. maybe that's, yeah, no, but um, any, are there any nifty perks? Like, I don't know, do you get to take home the leftover shoes that people don't need after a run or? Like? Um, well, the companies do like us to try out their merchandise. So mm -hmm. I didn't realize I needed like 20 pair of running shoes until I had that many. <laughs> so that's kind of nice. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh -huh. um, and they will sometimes gift us with apparel sometimes, um, Ooh, but uh -huh. it's like if we do training, like we have to do something to kind of earn it. Um, gotcha. And yeah, but the vendors for the different companies are usually really nice and generous because they want us to be able to sell their product and be knowledgeable about it. So the reps mm -hmm. will stop by and teach us and they're like, hey, you know, you did a really good job. You know, maybe we'll send something your way. So mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. it's really mm -hmm. nice. Nice. Swag is always nice. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you have for other women, mother runners who might be considering applying for a job at their local running store? 
uh, go and do it. It is really, really, it's, it can be so rewarding and so awesome because if you think about when you go into your running store and you are being fit for shoes, you know, it's really great to be fit by shoes by, you know, a young college student or, you know, somebody that's super fast, but think about you. You were probably mm -hmm. that middle of the pack runner and you are probably that person that you're not ever going to qualify for Boston or maybe you are, but that's going to be years down the road, but you're not ever going to win a race. And you just want to talk to somebody that is real like you and is juggling all these different life situations. And that young person might not be able to understand all that, that, yeah, you have to get up mm -hmm. at five o'clock in the morning. When I talk with some of my colleagues about when, what time I run and they're like, you get up at five, like four thirty, five o'clock to run. I'm like, yeah, cause that's the only time I can do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. They just mm -hmm. cannot understand that. I'm like, that's because you're in college and I'm not. Right. <laughs> I have kids <laughs> and other things. And I have responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. 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 You have literally run a mile and more in, in someone's shoes who walk it, walks in that door. Um, yeah. So at, and, um, but also uh, when talking about turning your avocation into a vocation, you're also an ambassador for a few other brands uh, in mm -hmm. addition to another mother runner and, and also including our beloved noon hydration. Yeah. So, so for gals who wonder about that unpaid gig or uh, also being a, a, you know, brand ambassador for other consumer products like that, tell us how you became one. You just kind of apply. I mean, you find mm -hmm. something that you love and you just, you're already talking about it with your friends anyway. You probably are already posting about it on Instagram when you run. Be like, hey, I love these Asics today. Hey, I love this pair of shorts I ran in today. Find out mm -hmm. if they have an ambassador program and just go for it. I mean, mm -hmm. the worst they can say is no. And they'd be like, okay, well, I'll just try next time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And people should know those are unpaid gigs. So yeah, um, we're not yeah, we're not paying you big bucks to be a Bammer Bastard. <laughs> well, I might need to rethink that. Did, did, yeah, I was going to say, did we let you know that? Did we Did we include that? <laughs> what? No. Oh, oh, like, but, like, so for a lot of the brands, though, they'll give you a nifty little discount, and you can get yeah. gear that says, like, noon ambassador or uh -huh. something. And, of course, you have to pay for all that. And But it's kind of neat to be able to be out at a race or something, have something that says, you know, whatever brand you're repping and ambassador. Uh -huh. And yeah. then they're like, oh, hey, tell me more about that. So it's kind of mm -hmm. neat. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Got your got your patches all over your jacket and things like that. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. Well, it was good talking with you, Cynthia. Thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. It was great. Last but not least, Paula Johnston is a mom of one who lives right outside of Portland. And um, last year, Paula started fitness coaching and teaching group fitness classes. Currently, it's not her full time job, but I get the sense that she might be moving in that direction. And uh, I can vouch that Paula walks the walk, not just talks the talk. Paula and I know each other from Cycle Bar. She made my day early last year when she recognized me in class. Um, and she, <laughs> Paula routinely nabs the top spot on the leaderboard. Um, and uh, the definition in her upper arms makes Sarah Connor from the Terminator movies look like a couch potato. <laughs> so <laughs> um, so th thank you for joining us, Paula. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Honestly, your deltoids are just a truly a thing of beauty. So um, well done on that. Um, Thank so, you. Okay, 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 your son, uh, remind us what grade he's in. He just turned six, did he not? 
Correct. And he's in kindergarten. Okay. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, and tell us a little bit about your running and triathlon journey. Sure. Well, I will be very proud to say that in uh, the fifth grade, Mr. Douglas recruited me for the cross-country team. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, little, little did he know that, um, you know, I wasn't fast. I was always the um, last one across the, the line, but um, by golly, I had great endurance. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so needless to say, I uh, didn't go on um, to be like a star runner. I made my way through um, junior high and high school as a um, shot putter and discus uh, thrower. So that was fun. Mm -hmm. And then as I got into my 20s, I started doing um, triathlons and duathlons and sprint and Olymp Olymp Olympic distance. Mm -hmm. And then um, kind of um, fell out of it just based on, um, you know, life and career and um, all those fun things that can be distracting. And then in my uh, early 40s, I rediscovered like running and started running my um, first half marathon and got addicted and, and loved like racing and have been um, kind of in and out of uh, different races uh, since then. Nice, nice. Okay, so, so tell us what your day job is and then um, what your fitness realm side hustle is. Sure. Um, so <laughs> uh, by day, uh, I am a marketing manager for a consulting firm, and it's in the infrastructure civil engineering world. And so it's super cool that I get to help uh, make sure that we have, you know, when you flip the switch that you want lights, that there's lights. Mm -hmm. When you need clean drinking water, <laughs> we're a part of that. Safe roads. Um and, and so, and I spent the first 10 years of my career in consumer packaged goods brand management and then transitioned into the um, professional services world. And then um, as I, um, yeah, just kind of that personal professional blending of like, wow, here's something I'm really interested in on a, on a personal basis. And knowing that our company does such a phenomenal job of like fostering uh, work-life balance and promoting um, employee health and wellness. And so, you know, that's kind of where I started to see like, oh, there could be a transition for me in the corporate world mm -hmm. in my contributions, mm -hmm. as well as to my, um, you know, little side hustle of just, um, not, but like, you know, being a coach. And so I coach um, fitness classes, uh, either you know, before work at like 5 a.m. or on mm -hmm. Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. <laughs> um, and so it makes for a really um, interesting puzzle of a logistics schedule, you know, to put together with family and children mm -hmm. and commuting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My children, I say, um, you know, I have one six-year-old and a 50-year-old. <laughs> yes, I have two boys. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I have to say, it's so funny that you mentioning the early morning stuff that, that the, I would say the way you and I particularly got to know each other was we were some of the only people in the 5am. Um, was that right? Did it start 5am or was it 515? I, I think it's 515 and then transitioned yeah. to 530. And then, yeah, then it, so yeah, so then it was 515. And I mean, so that, I mean, honestly, we were like two of six or seven people in that class. And then when it moved to 530, you and I were both like, oh, 
why are they making it so late? <laughs> and, then, and then, and then finally, when they moved it to 545, you were like, I'm out. I can't do this. I can't get my son to school on time and, and get to work and all that stuff. So, I mean, um, and then now they've moved it to six and I'm like, yep, nope. I can't face the traffic coming back. Uh, so. Yeah. I hate when they do that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, like how many hours, um, are involved, do you spend, um, in the teaching fitness classes or training people? So right now I have one standard, um, class at 8am on Sundays that I teach. And then I'm working with, um, several other clients as I'm getting experience and learning and growing into this because I just got my certification in June or excuse me, I started Mm -hmm. the class in the June. I've finished in September and I started teaching my first class in October. So it all happened really quickly. And then the additional clients that I'm taking on are on an individual basis, mm-hmm. um, supporting writing half marathon training programs, exercise programs, dietary support. And so I would say on average, you know, right now I'm probably between like planning and preparation and support, you know, it's a good eight to 15 hours, um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so it's, it takes like a, a good chunk of my time. And thankfully I have a really phenomenal family who's understanding and supportive. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And, and tell us yeah. how you became certified to be a fitness instructor. Um, I mean, I think there's quite a lot that goes into it and, um, you know, fill us in on what that's about. Yeah, so as I was growing in my fitness journey and going to different studios and watching and listening to different coaches, I thought, oh, that's something that I would really love to do. And so I started interviewing different coaches and people who were in the industry and and kind of distilled down to the program that was right for me was through the um, National Association of NASM. Uh, sports medicine <laughs> and get through that acronym. Uh-huh. And, um, and so then I signed up uh, for the, um, the certified personal training class in addition to, so that's my initial certification. And then the next two that I'm studying for right now is uh, fitness nutrition and uh, behavior change management. And so for me, I think that those three components are like the three legged stool of any, you know, foundation and success. And so, um, uh, yeah, so I researched the programs and then I think it was such a phenomenal program and it was, I just learned so much and being an older student, like, oh man, like how my brain works in my mid forties is way different than it did in the (laughs) twenties, but it was, it was really, really great. And lots of, um, made a lot of flashcards, a lot of studying and, (laughs) So that really helped me, helped me power through. And I am really grateful for the program and, and, and love it. Very nice. Yeah. So, so tell us what it's like to get paid to work out. <laughs> well, so the class that I teach, I actually don't get to work out. Okay. Um, oh, no. Yeah. Which, I mean, I would love it if I could. However, I have roughly 20 to 30 athletes in a room and we're doing hit style boot camp and we have a lot mm-hmm. of equipment, a lot of different moves, and we have a lot of athletes at very different stages in their path. And so some are just coming back from injury, some are first time exercisers, some are very deconditioned all the way through to elite athletes. 
And so I am, and I'm safety Sally, like (laughs) constantly like scanning the room, you know, like making sure, like giving direction on form, like correcting form, um, being a cheerleader, pushing. So, you know, as much as I like want to get in and and do the work, I have to really, um, you know, focus on my heart of service and really making sure that all my athletes are really safe. Now, good for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very nice. So, so I I brought up this question I'm about to ask because I've talked to several women who um, were trying to become running coaches, and that that they, they just really found it difficult to land clients, kind of to put themselves out there. So, I mean, how tough is it landing clients and or getting hired to teach classes? Like, how much personal hustle or gumption would you say is necessary to be successful as a fitness professional? You know, that is a great question. And I am so, I think, lucky in the sense that the the um, gym where I, or the studio that I teach at, um, it's a very small gym. It's the only um, one of its kind and brand in Portland, or it's in mm-hmm. Beaverton rather. And I have been, I was working out with him for almost six months. And so like I knew the the, the style of teaching. I knew the classes. He was kind of a mentor to me in getting my certification. And then he, um, it, he's the owner. There's one man that owns it. There's another coach. And then they had another coach exit um, just mm. as the time that I was getting my certification and said, hey, would you take a chance on me? Mm-hmm. And, and so that was very serendipitous um, that I knew, you know, the group of the people and mm-hmm. I knew the the style that he wanted um, to teach, and with the um, the other clients that I have on the side, it's all organic, you know, just based on people who have seen my personal transformation journey, as mm-hmm. I've um, from my peak weight have dropped about 110 pounds, and so people who have wow. seen me go from um, you know, a very um, fit, stressed out or unfit, stressed out um, uh-huh. person to like making small changes. And so, you know, people said like, wow, you really inspired me. Like, can you help me figure out, you know, because it's pretty easy to get a half marathon training program. However, it, it's one thing to have, you know, the accountability and have ex- help execute it and um, modify it to, you know, somebody's individual needs. And so to be honest, I haven't, you know, really been out there like pushing because I've just tried to let things happen organically as Mm -hmm. my um, day gig still keeps me really busy. (laughs) Okay, so we have to now take a side journey. I had no idea you'd lost 110 pounds. Like that's incredible. That's I mean, mean, that's so commendable. That's fantastic. So I mean, I mean, I assume that then you feel that brings a sense that it does bring a sensitivity that a lot of other trainers wouldn't have. Um, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having walked in somebody's shoes who, you know, uh, that, you know, like, how do I make a modification for this exercise? Because I can't, you know, do a lunge because my knees hurt because, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I have excess weight and, and, and I feel like, you know, just, being able to connect primarily with, with moms and, you know, kind of getting back into <laughs> moving those exercise muscles again, or being able to know that they have, um, 
you know, space to be able to take care of themselves because if they can mm-hmm. take care of themselves, they can take care of their family better. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. so I love, you know, working with um, particularly moms and being able mm-hmm. to, you know, be their cheerleader because they don't always have a cheerleader when they're giving, giving, giving to, to mm-hmm. others. Right. Right. Wow. And so you have to share with us, I mean, what, what were some of your um, keys to success? For, you for know, yeah, little by little, a little becomes a lot. It was um, little things like, uh, well, I got pregnant and then it was like, okay, I'm going to cut out the wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we'll start there. Uh, I'm going to cut out some white bread and, and then transition to whole grains. And then, you know, I started walking, like literally, I just went out on my lunch hour around in downtown and just started, we had such a beautiful area to walk. And, and then, um, so during my pregnancy, I lost 40 pounds uh, when my son, (laughs) yeah, which is kind of bananas. Doctors like, well, yeah, this is usually the opposite, but here we go. Um, (laughs) And then we when my son was born, uh, I lost another 20 pounds. Uh, and then, um, about over the next year and a half or so, I dropped about another 50 just by, so my son, the only way that he would sleep when he was on me. And so I wore him, he was my built in, my built in weight. And so, and we live on top of, um, Bull Mountain and Tigard. And so I would take him out and walk and we walked and walked and walked and, and, he was doing his tummy time. I'm like, I'll do some push-ups. He's doing tummy time. Like I'll do some sit-ups. And so literally it was just little things. I'm like, what can I do? I have like five minutes to move while he's napping or, <laughs> and, wow. and so it was just little tiny changes. And it was like, oh my gosh, like, look at this transformation. I had no idea I could get here. And so when I had the drop that weight, I felt better to be able to engage in more of a fitness routine where I mm-hmm. could um, move. And, and then it was like, oh, wow, I really like running and this is really mm-hmm. fun and it feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, there wow. Yeah. So yeah. little by little, a little becomes a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, um, I realize it's not all about appearance, but I mean, I said in, in the notes, I said something to Amanda. I'm like, you know, Paula could be a, a, a model for Athleta tomorrow. Like, I mean, you are just, you are just the, the picture of a fit buff mother runner. So I just, wow, that's, that's um, amazing. How long have you kept Thanks. the weight off? Um, let's see, my, let's see, I, my peak weight, I was in, in 2011 and, mm-hmm. and then it's probably been maybe like three, probably Wait a minute, let me count. Julian, six, probably about four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I fluctuate, you know, mm-hmm. holidays, parties, vacation. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's been about mm-hmm. three years that I've been um, pretty consistent within that kind of 10 pound window to try and keep myself mm-hmm. in in maintenance mm-hmm. mode. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So has allowing your avocation fitness um, to become at least your part-time vocation, has it changed or, um, you know, enhanced your, your love of exercise? Yes. Yeah. And it's, you know, fascinating. I'm kind of a 
a data geek. I've turned into a data geek. <laughs> you know, like I've got my Garmin and I've got my mm-hmm. MyZone heart rate monitor and I wear them both when I exercise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, am I moving? Am I feeling good? Um, and I try and challenge myself to take, um, you know, outside of the studio that I work out at, which I love the classes because there's a lot of variation, um, do cycle bar consistently, but I try and take other classes where I can learn new exercises, where I can understand a different style of coaching, cueing, um, support. And, and so I have, you know, it's like, oh, if I, if I had all the time in the world, I would like just go to all these different classes. So I do, you know, what I can in terms of um, learning about new exercises and what I would potentially want to integrate into my toolbox where I can either, mm-hmm. you know, bring them into my teaching or um, know about them to share with a client for, you know, safety. And, and, you know, there are some things I'm just not really interested in picking up, but there are uh, other things and trying to balance like the HIIT um, style workouts with stretching and mobility and flexibility that will help provide a really strong, healthy foundation for, um, you know, aging athletes. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and how do we make sure that we can exercise as long and healthy as we can? Mm So, so for women interested in getting into fitness training or group fitness instruction, what's some practical advice you would give them? Because it does seem that there's so many certifications out there and just, it, to me, it kind of seems like a alphabet soup of, of things to choose from. Yes, I would recommend interviewing existing trainers at different um, clubs or studios, you know, just across the board to understand all the different, um, you know, certifications and really figure out, you know, what's, what's their goal, what type of a, uh, an environment that do they want to be in? Is it, you know, like a real big um, corporate style setting where there might be a lot of training versus a smaller um, studio environment where it's going to be more individualized. Mm-hmm. So yeah, interviewing different um, people who have different certifications at through different organizations to figure out what's the best one for them that fits their goals and priorities and, you know, checkbook also. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, I think knowledge is power and connections and asking questions. And so just being able to have a really um, eager, curious mind and, and be out there and align themselves with, Um, you know, like-minded people and, uh, you know, it's like find the environment where you can really thrive in because Mm -hmm. if you, um, you know, really want to work out while you exercise, then, you know, it's important to find, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. you know, not only the certification that will, that then will allow you to be able to do that in that environment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great advice. So, and you think, um, you think you'd ever want to be a cycle bar instructor? (laughs) Get paid you know, to do that workout. I think about that. I think about that. And it's like, you know, so my my big um, challenge with that is I'm I'm bad at music. Like, oh, I, I was wondering if music would enter I, into it. Uh-huh. I, I can't get music. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking, how could I figure, like, how could I learn, like, the beats and the this and the that? And, and because the 
the cycle bar instructor, Jen, that I usually, you know, go to, yeah. like, she is like a living, breathing DJ. I'm oh, like, I know. Wow, if I could just <laughs> channel this. Um, I, so. I figure they have a manual that must be like, here are the songs that are between 110 and 140 and, you know, 150 <laughs> and above and that sort of thing. But still, I mean, like you say about Jen, I mean, she just knows all those songs it's not you know because to me i'd be like oh i know about five of these songs i don't know let's choose the ariana grande one i don't know so <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> so maybe that's so. a new challenge for myself that i can grow in a different um sense you know in learning something about music and then pairing it with you know the passion of like sweating and working hard on the on the cycle there you go. There you go. Well, I would I would face traffic to take your class, Paula. So, uh, so. <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> so great talking with you, Paula. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, ladies. Alrighty. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. So, Amanda, I did intend to ask you a question during during that talk, um, which is. How important as a as a running coach, how important do you think is the ability to put yourself out there to help you get success, get clients? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's like anything. I mean, these days you you've got to be able to, to to promote and be comfortable or even if you're not comfortable, you've got to be able to promote yourself. Um and you know, yeah. I mean, social media and word of mouth and all those things go into it. And I think you know, I, I don't, I hate going generational here, but I think the younger generation is better at that than, than maybe you and I are, because I think, mm-hmm. I think we were raised to not do that kind of thing, right? That it's, it's not <laughs> like, you, you know, that you should be a little more humble and whatever else, but you, you've got to be able to just not be humble and, you know, sell yourself. So yeah, I do think it's exactly. Yeah. Cause you do, you do have to kind of rise above the din and help, you know, convince people that they should choose you. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So because I think about that, you know, um, you know, what Eleni was saying that 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 they have a level of success, but that they always have to keep pushing and that the, that, you know, it's thinking about what, what you're going to put on Instagram or what you're going right. to you know do for a promotion and that sort of thing. Right. So, I mean, that can, that can be part of the fun. I mean, I, I find the hustle fun, um, but it is it does take the a certain personality type to or you can just fake it till you make it and, um, you know, learn how to be that right, right. Self promoter. Yeah. But yeah. you got, I mean, like, you know, this business AMR has certainly done a good job. And I, I think not in any kind of a pushy, you know, uncomfortable way. I don't know, at least for my, my oh, that's, oh, that's nice. You're saying that because you're, because you live on the East coast, you know, some, some people <laughs> find me a tad bit pushy, but, uh, <laughs> but it's balanced out by the Minnesota nice of Dimity. So, you know, it's a, it's a good balance. Right, so, right. Um, but I mean, but the, the that does bring a point. It is also sometimes nice to have a, um, you know, a, a business partner. I mean, like Eleni talking about her husband did a lot of this stuff. So just kind of things to, to think about. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. But it does take up time. I was thinking, I mean, you know, Paula talking about how many hours her side hustle takes up. It's like, oh, you know, so that becomes an extra hobby she has in, in a sense in terms of the amount of time it takes up. Um, right. Right. You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So maybe some books don't get read or some gardening doesn't get done in favor of um, training some clients. Absolutely. But Something has to give. I'll, yeah. All provides that enjoyment. So, um, all right. So speaking of Miss Minnesota Nice, let's hear from Dimity in the Train Like a Mother Club. Hey, everybody. It's Dimity here coming to you from Mazatlan Spring Break 2019. Woo! 
Just kidding. Coming to you from Denver (laughs) with a train like a mother club corner, and it's a good one. So buckle up. It is from our traditional half marathon programs coached by Coach Amanda, um, and it's Elizabeth's race report. Um, She just ran her half marathon in mid-March. She said, I had a plan coming into this race. My intent was to PR. My hope was to run a sub 230. I had lots of anxiety thinking about the time. So much anxiety, I felt like maybe I couldn't get to the start. So I changed the goal to just have fun. Who cares about a sub 230? What difference does it make? Just go have fun. So she got to the race. She ran into two acquaintances and they wanted to run with me. The feeling wasn't mutual because they are so much faster than me. And so I said, okay, but it's important that we run our own race. We paid our money and put in the training. At any time, if one of us gets... If one of us wants to speed up or slow down or do whatever, do it. They both went to the porta potty, and I just ran into this other woman, Sarah, um, uh, at the beginning. Okay, so they started running, and Sarah and I are chatting away. We didn't even notice that two miles went by. I looked down at my watch, and I noticed that I was going faster than expected, that my heart rate was high. Both bad signs. I went out too fast, and I tried to slow down. I just couldn't get slower. I slowed and then we'd start talking again and then I'd forget about the pace and then I'd look down and my pace was faster than expected. So I just went with it. We got to the halfway mark. By this point, we'd started chatting with another woman. Um, her name was Betsy and she was amazing and really fun to talk to. It was like a moving party. Then there was a man in front of us and we both tried to pass him, but every time we did, he moved in my way and sped up a little bit. At this point, the trail was very narrow because it's an out and back course on a footpath so we could barely go two side by side. Um, so, Bar- so Sarah and Betsy were, be- were behind me, and I was next to this man who wouldn't let me pass him. So I sped up again and kept the pace up until he had to drop back. Then I looked back for Sarah and Betsy, and they were nowhere to be found. I lost them, so I sped up some more. <laughs> Looking from the stats from the race, I passed 98 people on the way back. I knew I was passing a ton of people. It felt so good. The last, for the, the last third of the race was faster than the second third, which was faster than the first third. That 2.30 wished crushed it. I ran 2.23.35, and she ran a personal best by about seven minutes. So that's just a long race report and a very cool race report, Elizabeth, of saying, sometimes we get in our own way. Just saying, might happen to you. I know it happens to me. And so you go in and you're like, oh, I'm going to get 2.30. I, I don't know if I can do 2.30. You take your mind off of it. You tuck in with a couple of nice women that make you laugh. You get a grumpy old man that won't let you pass him. And so you fire up your jets to pass him. And there you go. Seven minutes PR. Congratulations, Elizabeth. And good luck to everybody running this week, whether you are spring breaking it or not. Talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, so we have a big favor to ask. We are launching today, actually, a survey about the AMR podcast and uh, helping us make it the best it can be. And we greatly, greatly value your input. Um, Would love if you could take it. It will take um, the survey gizmo tells us it'll take just a mere um, four minutes. I would say it's more accurate to say it'll probably take you between five and 10 minutes. Um, so if you could go to anothermotherrunner.com slash podcast survey, that is where you can find the link to our podcast survey. Uh, so uh, would greatly appreciate it. And uh, if you do complete the survey, you get a discount code for 15% off in the Train Like a Mother Club or the Mother Runner store. So hopefully 
hopefully we make it worth your while because we do greatly, greatly value your input and we'll take everything people say and um, comment on into consideration and hopefully turn out a better product for you to listen to. So again, please go to anothermotherrunner.com slash podcast survey. That's anothermotherrunner.com slash podcast survey. Thank you in advance. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Happy miles.